Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. The Timberwolves are in an 0-2 hole in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. We'll talk about what happened to the Wolves, what worked offensively during a big comeback on Wednesday night, but what the problems were, especially on defense. Why isn't Carl Anthony Towns getting going yet in this series? We'll break it all down on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Thursday, everybody. And uh, it's a not-so-happy Thursday after a disappointing Game 2 loss for the Wolves. We'll break down everything, including falling behind by 21 in the second quarter, being down 15 at halftime, coming all the way back to have a lead going to the fourth quarter and a lead with six minutes to play and then struggling down the stretch. We'll break down the whole thing on the show here today. A big thank you, first of all, though, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Also on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at my account, which is at Beacon, And that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so the Wolves came into this game after the embarrassing loss on Sunday in game one and came out as though they weren't afraid to be embarrassed again. They said, hey, we played four terrible quarters on Sunday. Let's play another two on Wednesday. That's exactly what happened. The Wolves came out in this one completely flat. They were down nine at the end of the first quarter. They were lucky it wasn't more. They were down um, 15 at halftime, and it should have been more. In fact, they were down by 21, like midway through the second quarter. And it just felt like it couldn't get any worse. And it kept getting worse. Like there was, there were moments in the first half of this game where I was really struggling to try and figure out how I was going to characterize this game on the podcast. Like what I was even going to put my finger on because everything was terrible. It was like you were watching a JV team play a varsity team. Like that's legitimately what it felt like. And, and in this scenario, the JV team doesn't care either. Like that... And I don't say that very often, but it really seemed like the Wolves were just complete. They were barely going through the motions in the first half of this game. That's how bad it was. Um, Ant had a couple nice moments. You know, Cat was awful in the first half. Torian Prince was in foul trouble very quickly. Uh, Rudy Gobert didn't look good. I, like, it was just really, really bad. And just a little burst at the end of the second quarter is what got the Wolves to within 15 at halftime. But it was a complete embarrassment. And I think many people watching this game just assumed, hey, this is another 30-point loss. They're going to be down, you know, a differential 60-plus or something, you know, coming into coming into game three on Friday. But, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll hear, you know, post-game what happened in the locker room at halftime. But whatever happened, the Wolves woke up in a big way in the third quarter of this game and outscored the Nuggets by 17 in the third, took a lead to the fourth. And then had a lead with six minutes to play, ultimately lost by nine. We'll talk about what happened towards the end. First, though, I want to talk a little bit about what the Wolves did. Um, I guess what they did offensively to get themselves back into the game. Because again, like I don't know what else to say about the first half other than like 
it was like the only difference, like they started Torian Prince instead of Nikhil Alexander Walker. But when Alexander Walker came in the game, it's not like he made a big difference after Prince was in foul trouble. Towns had four turnovers before he scored a field goal, I believe in the first half and had, I think two points at halftime. Um, and, you know, had a couple moments, but like there, there was nothing specific that like, Oh, they're doing this really badly. Uh, well, actually, here's here's a good example of, of how they were being run off the floor in the first half and how that changed so drastically in the third quarter. Shortly before halftime, the Nuggets led in transition points 19 to nothing, like midway through the second quarter, 19 transition fast break points to zero for the Timberwolves. At the end of the game, that number, at least according to the ESPN box score, was 19 to 16. So the Nuggets outscored the Wolves 19 nothing in transition in the first quarter and a half. Over the final two plus quarters, the Timberwolves outscore the Nuggets 16 nothing in transition points. That's a weird stat, but it's kind of a, a a snapshot of how this game went. And and the Wolves early were just not in it. And the Nuggets were. The Nuggets wanted to step on the Wolves' throat. And um and they did. Like initially they were up 15 at halftime. And then in the second half, it was more the Nuggets were trying to play the calm, you know, been there, done that type team. But they were a little too calm and the Wolves were at a frenetic pace that, frankly, they should have been pushing the entire game, scored 16 transition points themselves without allowing any more to Denver. And that margin ended up only being a a minus three, excuse me, in transition points for the game. So uh, that was all, you know, that's kind of a, in a way, a snapshot of how this game went. But some of the stuff the Wolves did in the third quarter that they simply weren't doing in the first half. And I want to kind of key in on what the Wolves were doing offensively. I spent a lot of time on both Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday shows, I think mostly on Wednesday, talking about how the Timberwolves needed to run a lot more pick and roll with either Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert or, you know, one of the bench guards in Carl Anthony Towns. But if it was a Conley-Gobert action, they needed cat spacing the floor, run Ant off of that. They basically did that in the third quarter to get back in this game. There was a little more Ant initiating too. You, you saw a lot of Rudy, um, uh, Mike, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert pick and roll moments. Uh, there were some good passes out and also good cuts from Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's such a good cutter, um, and and he played really well in the third quarter. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. But it, Ant and, and Conley each took kind of took turns initiating and pick and roll, and for the most part, Carl Anthony Towns was spacing. They did some double drag stuff where, where both Cat and Rudy were screeners on plays, and then you can have Rudy rolling and Cat popping or, or you know, flaring. Um, it, but, I mean... In the third quarter, they scored 40 points. So I think mixing it up worked really well, and it was less muddled than what what kept happening on Sunday in game one. Um, for the most part, that's what they did best in the third quarter was just kind of go back to that well over and over and over and over again. Now, when Rudy came off the floor, or actually when Ant was off the floor, for very brief moments, Ant played like 42 minutes in this game. When Ant was off the floor, the Wolves tried to go back to that middle cap post up, and that wasn't working. The Nuggets, at this point in the season, I know they weren't a great defensive team in the regular season, but Denver's MO the last few years has really been to buckle down defensively in the playoffs. Jokic is a good example of that. But as a team, too, and Cat post-ups against Denver have not been super successful period. Um, and that happened again. And, and, and in this game, especially because Cat did not play well for most of it, he had a really nice stretch in the third quarter uh, that I'll talk about in just a second. But for the most part, especially offensively, Cat did not play well. Um, and it, I, I just I just thought that that was like, I guess I don't know what else you do. Like I spent a lot of time on Wednesday show talking about how the Wolves needed to run the offense through Cat when 
Rudy and or Anter off the floor. And they tried. It just it just didn't work in this game. And I, and I understand why they did. Like, what else are you going to do if Ant's off the floor? Um, you know, Ant cat pick and rolls have, have generally been better than Ant Rudy pick and rolls. So, you know, I guess that's another thing you could do if Rudy's off, but Ant's on. Um, but I didn't really have a problem with what the Wolves did offensively in the second half of this game. The first half, they just didn't get into anything. Um, but in the second half, I thought that all worked out pretty well. Um, during that same stretch defensively, Rudy Gobert was really active. He was contesting shots. Jokic was trying to force the issue. The Wolves had active hands. Kyle Anderson to kill Alexander Walker. Active hands, Mike Conley. Gobert seemingly was contesting everything inside the three-point arc, which is mostly everything. Denver didn't shoot very many threes um, comparatively to the Wolves at all. But like especially during that stretch in the third, the Wolves had like four or five made three-pointers in the third quarter before the Nuggets even tried one. Um, and Rudy was doing a great job contesting. Carl Anthony Towns was rebounding. Um, and his rebound numbers have been way down the last couple of seasons. He finished with 12 boards in this game, led the Wolves in rebounding. It's been a long time since he has led the Timberwolves in rebounding in a game. I'm pretty confident of that. But he had some tough contested rebounds in traffic, some good contests himself. He had one really nice block and a couple of other altered shots, uh, especially in that third quarter, Towns did. And I thought his defense and rebounding was a big reason why the Timberwolves climbed back in this game and ultimately took a lead. Um, and strangely enough, it was also Rudy on offense. The way the Wolves were getting the ball to him in pick and roll, the lobs that he was getting mostly from Conley, but also, um, you know, in general, whoever was handling Ant, Kyle Anderson, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker to a lesser extent, Rudy was, his feel just seemed a lot better, and the passing for the Wolves' guards was better. Rudy had 19 on 11 shots. Cat had 12 rebounds, but couldn't score efficiently in this game. So, Weirdly enough, those roles were kind of reversed, where Cat did more on the defensive glass, Rudy did more offensively. Um, and, and that, like, generally speaking, that's not what you want. Like, that's not the formula. That's not how Chris Finch is drawing this thing up. But that's how the Wolves got back in this game. Um, and, and, and Cat's defense and Rudy's offense was a big part of that. I want to talk a little bit more about what happened down the stretch in this game when it was close. Um, and then we'll do individual studs and duds, as we always do on the postgame podcast. We're going to do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, as mentioned, the Timberwolves actually still had a lead. Um, kind of middle fourth quarter, there was that weird sequence where uh, the Wolves had a couple possession lead. Um, the, the 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 Wolves get a steal. Actually, the Wolves were up what? Um, well, the Wolves were down two at this moment. So the Wolves are down two. And Conley gets a steal. Or actually, Edwards knocked the ball away. Conley picks the ball up. Bruce Brown takes gets a transition take foul. I thought, letter of the law, maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't like that as a take foul, but you know the Wolves will take it. So about eight minutes to play. The Wolves are down one after he makes that free throw. After Conley misses a three-point attempt, Gobert kind of left hand shoves Jokic in the lower back, then goes up for the rebound, gets called for the foul. It was a foul, and I understand the frustration that Jokic does it all the time and doesn't get called. I get that. I understand why they called that a foul, though, because it was. Gobert runs down the floor in frustration, gets a technical. He 
I hate when refs give technicals when a player runs down the court and, you know, is upset. And I get that it's, they feel like they're being shown up, but I mean, they also don't want to be like cussed at face to face either. So like, I don't know. I, I don't like that, but he got called for a technical. Obviously Rudy can't do that. Jamal Murray makes that free throw. So the teams each trade the, you know, the take foul uh, free throw and then the Murray free throw. So now it's back to a two point game. Jokic scores on the next possession. So it's a four point game. They go back and forth a little bit and the Timberwolves actually uh, are still down two. Well, they take a brief lead with just under seven minutes to play and hits a tough mid ranger. I think that was the, the turnaround on the right baseline to put the wolves up one. This is like the start of the, of the Murray Edwards back and forth. Um, and Edwards knocks it down. The wolves are up one. Michael Porter jr. Hits a three pointer. Um, a couple possessions later, uh, actually, no, the next possession, Carl Anthony Towns and Nikola Jokic get called for the double personal foul, which is Towns' fifth, only Jokic's fourth, I believe, at the time. Um, I, I hate the double foul call as well. I think you just make a decision. I believe that one, I believe that Ed Malloy was going to call an offensive foul on Jokic, and I think it was Mark uh, Mark Davis was going to call a, a defensive foul on Towns. They compromised, I guess, called the double foul. So the Wolves are still down two and the double foul happens. And from that point forward, it's mostly, the. it wasn't all Nuggets because it was still a couple possession game. The Wolves actually were still within three with five minutes to play. But the Nuggets never relinquished that lead. And it was always at least three points from that point moving forward. It was a lot of Murray and Edwards back and forth, but at some point, Murray just kept making jumpers and Edwards didn't. And I actually didn't really have a problem for the most part with Ant's shot selection, and I thought the Wolves played pretty good defense. This was just simply a case of Jamal Murray going nuclear. Like he hit some tough shots. There was a step back he made that put the Nuggets up like eight, which kind of that's when it felt like you know, three something to play. It kind of felt like it was over. And then he hit that uh, short jumper to make it a 10 point game with about three to play. So, but again, I thought the Wolves Conley did a pretty good job on Murray. The Wolves were trying to switch some stuff on the perimeter. Um, At times it was Alexander Walker early, like I think it was second quarter. The Wolves tried Anthony Edwards on Jamal Murray. I think they probably could have gone to that a bit more in the second half. That would be my one kind of critique. Um, But this was more just Jamal Murray going crazy. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't think the Wolves defended him too poorly. There were a couple of offensive rebounds mixed in there. There were a couple of fouls that weren't great. Um, But like, well, like the one that I really didn't like, and I didn't actually have a huge problem with the officiating in this game. I I don't like, well, that's another conversation. I didn't have a huge problem with the officiating in this game. These are two tough teams, tough teams to officiate. There were problems both ways. Um, The Jokic, when he drew a foul on Anthony Edwards, when he went to, um, I think it was a dribble handoff and Ant kind of gently ran into him and Jokic went flying. Like he just got hit by a truck. That was pretty bad. Um, that was the Wolves were only down seven with a little over two to play. He gets the two free throws on that. And it's now a nine point game with two fifteen to play. So I, I really didn't like that. But anyway, there were a couple of bad Wolves fouls in there too. And it was more just a function of Murray playing really well. The Nuggets executing down the stretch. The Wolves were scoring, but they couldn't stop the Nuggets on the other end of the floor. And that was kind of it. Uh, again, the Wolves execution wasn't bad. There was the one Carl Anthony Towns missed three with under a minute to play after they had gotten uh, Mike Conley drew a crazy offensive foul on Jamal Murray, which the, that second one was a bad call. You know, obviously Wolves will take it. But if Cat hits that open jumper in the corner, it's a four point game with 40 seconds to play. And now you're talking legitimately, 
you can actually play defense. You don't even need to play the foul game yet. You could play defense there, get a stop, score, then play the foul game and have a chance to tie or win. It was cat was wide open in the left corner. He just missed it. He was off in this game. Um, and that obviously was a killer and, and, you know, obviously unlikely at that point, the wolves are going to win the game, but that was kind of the, the dagger, the final dagger, if you will, when cat missed that wide open three point attempt from the left corner, uh, with about 40 seconds to play. So again, down the stretch execution from the nuggets, shot making from Jamal Murray, some really great shot making from Ant, And we'll talk a little bit more about that too, but it just wasn't enough. Um, one of my keys coming into the game for this one was what will the Wolves be able to do on the glass and in the paint? They held their own. The Wolves are only a minus one on the glass. There weren't a ton of rebounds in this game because there was a lot of hot shooting, a lot of transition scoring. Um, so the Wolves actually did okay. They they played Denver even on the offensive glass, which is super important. Um, and they were crushed in that regard on Sunday in game one. Also points to the paint. The Wolves were ultimately a minus 12, but they were like a minus 25 or something at halftime. It was crazy. And Minnesota did a pretty good job, especially when they got Rudy going in that third quarter. Um, and then Ant also going to the basket, uh, third quarter, early fourth quarter. That was that made them competitive in the paint, but they lost points to the paint by 12. They lost the game by nine. Free throw differential, Minnesota was only a minus two in terms of free throw attempts. So fine there. They made four more threes than Denver. Um, so really, even across the board, turnovers, Minnesota did have three more and there were a couple bad ones when the game was kind of in the balance there in the fourth quarter. Also a couple of bunny just missed shots. Conley missed a floater. Um, Rudy missed a layup. Um, I, I forget exactly when that was as things were falling apart. I think this was like two and a half minutes left, seven point game after Conley had made a three. Rudy just missed straight, just clanged a layup hard off the backboard. So some missed easy shots would be another thing to kind of throw in there is, hey, this happened and it, it killed them. Um, and it's a silly thing, right? Like you play even in the rebound battle, you're competitive in points of the paint and given the start, you know, fine there, essentially a wash three pointers in terms of percentage and, and, you know, given what you'd expect, cause you'd expect Minnesota to take and make more threes than Denver, a wash at the free throw line. This should have been a one or two possession game. And it was until the very end. Um, it's just, it's frustrating. The other thing I talked a lot about this week on the show, Tuesday and Wednesday was, was uh, role players in the bench units. Both teams only played eight players in this game and Minnesota's role players actually, I thought played pretty even to Denver's Bruce Brown didn't do nearly as much damage in this game as he did in game one. Uh, Jeff Green played a little better. Contavious Caldwell Pope was very quiet in this game on the Wolf side. Prince was in foul trouble, but he was pretty good when he was able to stay on the floor. Kyle Anderson was good. Again, he had 10, seven and four. And Alexander Walker was good overall. I thought uh, quiet night for Jalen. Well, he was the de facto backup point guard. Jordan McLaughlin was, as I predicted out of the rotation in this game. Um, I thought maybe there could have been some Josh Minot minutes. I, I, got on a, a tiny soapbox earlier this week about that. I thought, you know, some energy minutes, some length counter Michael Porter Jr. Just get out there, wreak some havoc, see what happens for a couple of minutes at the end of a quarter, especially when you're down as much as they were in the second quarter. Um, they didn't do it. Finch never went to mine it, but that's, I, that's something I would have given a shot. And who knows, maybe you try it in, in game three, uh, especially if you Maybe not. Maybe not. Wait till you get down, because then maybe people, the team starts thinking, "All right, we're throwing in the towel. We're putting in the second round rookie uh, who wasn't in the rotation the regular season, but for a couple of games." But maybe you just do it, like at the end of the first quarter, regardless of score. Just kind of see what happens. I, I think that would be interesting. I think we're at that point where we can do that. He's probably in the rotation next year anyway. So just give us give us a look in in some of these high leverage minutes. All right. Um, 
let's uh, let's close with individual studs and duds. We'll do that here next. All right, individual studs and duds from the game two loss to the Nuggets. Um, for the Wolves, Anthony Edwards has to be the number one stud. He was easily their best player on the floor in this game. And, you know, you'd like the defense to maybe be a, a half step better. You'd love for him to get more than two boards in 42 minutes. But again, this was a game where there weren't a ton of rebounds. It's not like his counterpart significantly out-rebounded him. So we have to focus on the 41 on 23 shots, six of 10 outside the arc. Shot selection was good. He had a couple rhythm transition threes that were lightly contested, but he was open and in rhythm. Um, he's so good at those pull-ups and transition. Uh, and and otherwise was hitting open jumpers. Like his three-point shot selection was very good. He also got to the line eight times, was aggressive going to the basket. There were a couple of moments where he just like, it was the level of him turning the corner and hitting the Jets. It was the, to the level of thinking, why doesn't he do this on every single play? And I know it's not that simple, but it, it your mind goes there because it looks that simple when he does it. You know, in those moments, he sees that seam and he just goes. He's like a running back hitting the hole at the line of scrimmage. Um, and it just it's just so impressive. And you wonder, like, why he doesn't do it more often, even if he couldn't literally do it every time down the floor. Like, do it more often. He also had uh, four assists in this game, only one turnover, three blocks for Ant, including a couple of really impressive, impressive blocks where he came from the weak side, blocked Jokic from behind on one play. Um, actually, maybe two. Well, he had the really impressive one on Aaron Gordon that was initially ruled his fourth foul at the end of the second quarter. By the way, that was a huge play. Minnesota was down, you know, 16, 17, whatever it was. And on an offensive rebound, Gordon goes up to dunk it. Edwards punches the ball up between his hands, doesn't follow him. They call a foul from the backside. The official who didn't, I think it was TJ Tyler Ford, didn't even have a great angle on it. Wasn't his call to make. He called the foul. Finch challenged it, which is really gutsy. And it felt kind of like desperation in the moment. But given that it was Ant's fourth foul, potentially, like you, you have to do that. Give him credit. Finch credit for doing that. And they won the challenge. The Nuggets, of course, then scored a, you know, made a three-pointer with one second on the shot clock on the next inbounds play, which was, you know, a tragic comedy of, of the Timberwolves, but uh, in general, not just the season, like the franchise history. Um, but, you know, lost in that was that that would have been Ant's fourth foul and it completely changes the complexion of the game. Do they even make that third quarter run if Ant's playing more carefully? I don't know. Um, that was a big challenge by Finch. Overall, though, the point is Ant played really well and they need this Ant to show up they need like Lakers play in cat to show up on Wednesday or excuse me on Friday at target center. And, uh, but anyway, it was fantastic in this game. Um, I'm also going to give a stud to Rudy. I thought Rudy Gobert played well. Um, he still doesn't look healthy. Um, he just doesn't look super comfortable. His play in the third quarter, uh, play overall, not a specific play was fantastic contesting shots. Like I talked about earlier. Um, he was good around the rim. He had that one blown layup, maybe one other tip in that he really should have converted. Ended up shooting seven of 11, made five of his six free throw attempts. We'll take that every night of the week. 19, eight, four assists, a couple really nice passes for him and a block in this game for Rudy. And he was a team high plus four. Nobody else was better than a minus three for the Wolves. Um, I thought Rudy played really well, plus four in 39 minutes, which means the minutes with Rudy off and cat on were not good for the Wolves in this game. That's what that means. Um, more about Cat in just a minute. My third stud in this game is Kyle Anderson. His minutes were limited. He weirdly, like, it's I guess it's not that weird. He came off the bench, but um, he only played 27 minutes, but he had 10.7 rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Had a couple of very nice plays, uh, helped initiate offense, even though Jalen Noel was technically, you know, at point guard when Conley was off the floor. 
we saw Kyle Anderson initiate a lot of offense in those situations. I thought he played well in general. Um, you also could go with Conley, 14 and seven, hit some big shots too, played some good defense, drew a couple of those big offensive fouls down the stretch. So you could go Conley or Anderson for the third stud. And I, you know, I, I feel like either one would be the right answer. Duds for the Wolves. Carl Anthony Towns, not a good game for Cat. The criticisms regarding Cat in big games are legitimate. Like, he has to play better with more consistency. I mean, you go back and look at all of his playoff games. We're not going to do that now. It's a topic for another day. It's actually not a bad topic for, you know, uh, in the next couple of weeks when we're looking back at the playoffs. Uh, If the series doesn't turn around, of course. But Towns in his playoff career has had a two, three, four, five really good games. You know, we could include the playing games if you want, but he's had a lot of stinkers and this was a stinker. 10 points on three of 12 shooting started with four turnovers before he made a field goal from the field for before he made a field goal. That was redundant. Two of five from outside the arc, only two free throw attempts made both of them. 10 points, 12 rebounds, two assists to five turnovers in this game. Also five fouls committed. I think uh, in hindsight, Chris Finch should not have matched him up one-on-one against Nikola Jokic as much as he did, just because I think I think with the way Cap plays, the emotion that he plays with, that can kind of mess with where he's at, you know, where where it messes, it can cause him to be a bit imbalanced with how he plays, you know, the stray voltage thing that Chris Finch has talked about. I feel like the, the likelihood, the risk of stray voltage increases when you put him next to Nikola Jokic, who is... I, I don't know that I use the same metaphor for him or the same, yeah, I guess, metaphor, adjective, whatever. Um, but like Jokic invites some of that stuff, right? Like that that's his game. That's a big part of his game. So I, I think, you know, the Wolves kind of adjusted. I think Towns mostly guarded Aaron Gordon in the second half. That's probably what I would do moving forward. Gordon's not, I mean, he's like their fourth option, basically. So um, that's probably what I would do and just take advantage of Towns offensively. Hope he doesn't get into foul trouble. Try and keep Denver from goading him into foul trouble. Uh, I don't know. I'd handle that a little differently next game, but cat did not play well. Make no mistake. I'm not blaming cats play on anybody, but cat, he, he did not play great in this game. Uh, that's kind of it. I don't know that there's any other duds. I mean, you could say Torian Prince because he had the foul trouble and he had that, the four point play that he gave up early in the third quarter to Michael Porter jr. He committed five fouls in just 18 minutes, but he also hit three threes in 18 minutes. And, I'm not thinking he's going to score 40 plus like he did or 37 or it wasn't 40 plus 35 or whatever he scored against the Knicks a few weeks ago. But if Prince could stay on the floor and, and, you know, score it, it just make open threes. That adds a huge element uh, to what the Wolves are doing. Some of their best play this year as a team was when Torian Prince was right, was on the floor, healthy, playing well. Um, so like they need more out of him on Friday in game three. All right. Friday show. We'll, we'll talk about, more specifically what we need to see Friday night at Target Center, what the Wolves need to do to pull out a win and make this series interesting. Of course, if you win Friday, then it, you know, the series feels very, very, very different, obviously very different than 3-0 would feel, but then you're at home on Sunday with a chance to, I think it's Sunday for game four to, to even things up going back to Denver. And the Wolves showed in the second half of this game, I mean, they outscored Denver in the second half, if you want to look at it that way, as bad as they were for the first six quarters of the series. They were really, really good in the third and competitive for most of the fourth quarter. So there is hope, um, as we talked about you know, the last couple of shows this week on the sh- on uh, Lockdown Wolves. So 
uh, anyway, we'll talk about that on Friday's show as we get ready for Friday night. Of course, we'll also do the live postcast as well, Friday night with Marnie from Valley Sports North. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Yet. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Of course, uh, again, every day on the show Friday, you'll have the preview of Friday night's uh, Wolves-Nuggets Wolves matchup for Game 3. We'll break down any adjustments the Wolves need to make. Um, and then, of course, the live postcast. Same thing for Game 4. We'll do the live postcast. We'll do everything like we normally do. Full week of shows next week, no matter how this season uh, season series finishes. Um, so make sure you're following and subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.